Hello, bonjour, ahoy, konnichiwa, and aloha. Welcome to GitLab's new Universal Remote Podcast. We're so delighted to have you listening in. My name is Emily, and I'm going to turn it over to Darren to share a little more about exactly what this podcast will cover. We'll tackle the real challenges, we'll ask the hard questions, but of course, we'll try not to take ourselves too seriously. So I'm Darren, I'm head of remote at GitLab. I've worked across the spectrum of remote for 14 years. And in this show, we wanna share some of the best practices that we've learned here at GitLab as an all remote team, as well as talk to other amazing, interesting and insightful people from across the industry to share their perspectives on remote. We know there's a lot of great content out there and we want ours to be as digestible, actionable, and as fun as possible. So with that, let's dive right in. Joining us today, is Andrew. He's a solutions consultant at Sprinkler. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for joining the show. Tell the audience a bit about yourself, what you do at Sprinkler, and how long you've been working remotely. Yeah, sure thing. So thanks for having me. Um, so yes, I am a, I'm a PhD dropout. Uh, I dropped out of my PhD very proudly about six, seven years ago. Um, and since then, I've been working in the, in the social and the social tech space. Um, I work for Sprinkler now. We're the world's first unified front office platform um, for any kind of modern digital engagement you need. Um, I've been working remotely, kind of quasi-remotely since last August. Um, I went remote, still working for uh, professional services or an agency. And I've been full remote since January of this year. Okay. So still relatively new to that. Okay. Yes. So so I've worked in co-located spaces. I've worked in hybrid remote scenarios. And now at GitLab, we have over 1,200 people in over 65 countries, all remote. And they all have their own nuances and their own differences. I'm just curious what your kind of core takeaways are in going remote since January. Are there any things that you miss? Are there any things that you've discovered that you actually love more than you thought you would? And how is this impacting both your work, the people around you, and how much of it is tied to the current situation that we're in, which for historical context is in the, uh, the back half of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has essentially most of the world working remotely for those who can work remotely. Yes. Yeah. So my role starting in January, uh, the old world, as I like to call it, um, my role has been remote since the start. Um, I'm full-time remote. I don't have an office here in Philadelphia where I live. My, uh, my kitchen is my office. You know, I'll say I started working remotely in January and it has been a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, I did not realize that, you know, working remotely is a skill. There is, there is a real difference between working at home and being at home. And it's kind of the responsibility of any successful remote employee to make sure you have the skills to bridge the gap between those. Um, so I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. When I had a, a job that involved more traditional commuting, I would, I would work, I would commute, I would come home, and I would kind of just lay on the couch on my phone and just do really unproductive things for an hour, like Twitter, YouTube, just let my brain kind of melt from the day. And when I would work from home, and then I would go on that couch four feet away and just kind of, you know, lay down, look at my phone, let it drop and hit my face a few times. I would kind of have this like creeping anxiety that would progress throughout the day. And I realized really quickly that that meant I had not successfully differentiated working from home from being at home. Um, and so that's just one like kind of microcosm of what it was like to adjust to working from home. Yeah, it's very interesting in that 
you can't just go from the office into home and just think that everything's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Unconsciously, you actually worked a lot of habits and, and rituals into your day when you were commuting back and forth. And that actually provided some structure and rigidity to your brain of, okay, I'm, I'm here now, I'm here now, and this helps compartmentalize. When that line is blurred very suddenly, it can be jarring uh, and disorienting. And that fits in perfectly with the theme of this week's webcast, which is managing work, whether that's an individual contributor as a team leader from our homes uh, and instead of our, our office desk. And one thing that I recommend for people that are used to having a commute is to plan something in their calendar with the time they used to spend commuting, whether that's sleeping more, whether that's reading, whether that's cooking, cleaning, doing anything. If you plan it in your day, it helps you kind of mentally ramp into the day and ramp out instead of letting work or something else just sort of consume it. And then it's just this one unambiguous blob of a day. And we had talked a little bit earlier, uh, one of the, the interesting perks of remote work that and now we're kind of getting on the second order of once you're, once you're stabilized, why should you keep working remotely? What's in this for companies? What's in this for team leaders? What's in this for your own kind of mental health and mental sanity? And we had touched on something that I found really interesting, which is remote helps you replace the charade with actually doing good work. And I think this may be a bit of a taboo topic, but I think it is worth diving into. So much of what we have experienced in an office environment, there's a certain amount of pomp and circumstance. There's a reason why people dress a certain way and they check a piece of themselves at the door every day so that you kind of get the worker, but not really the actual individual. And in a remote setting, that subjectivity doesn't really have a place. You have to measure metrics. You have to measure results. And what you look like on a given day really has no bearing on any of that. And you and I were saying it's a massively liberating thing to embrace because you can spend a lot of mental cycles on the quote unquote charade and it does no one any good. And I think we all kind of realize that and remote kind of gives us all permission to say the charade is out the window. Let's spend our mental cycles on something more creative. Yeah, that's, that's been really critical for me. I mean, I'd say, right? You go to an office, you do worry about what you're wearing. And it almost feels like every day we wake up and we're almost preparing a little bit for a role, right? Like, and it's dependent on like, okay, I'm Andrew gearing for a promotion today, or I'm Andrew and I'm going to go above and beyond. And you, you base so much of your thoughts and, and your actions preparing for that. And it's just so unnecessary. Like, I, I feel like the COVID and everyone going remote has really revealed that like, it actually never mattered. It never once mattered what you look like if you were the first person or the last person in the office. It never mattered if you were checking CNN while your boss walked behind your monitor and your boss saw that you were checking CNN. Those things that we worry about throughout the day to day simply never mattered. And so for me, I've been able to take all those extra thoughts that I would, I would previously worry about. And one, I can just focus on doing deep work. Like I can just focus on muting Slack, not looking at my emails and just working for an hour or two at a time and just doing my best work possible in, a, in an environment that I'm very comfortable in, my own home. And so that's been really critical. And ultimately saving that energy of what I used to do with what Andrew am I today? What role am I playing? Let's focus on playing the role of being in the office. I can one, focus that on just doing better work, but also working remotely in that sense has been a godsend for my mental health. As someone who 
overthinks a lot and I overthink, you know, the interactions I might have, like what was on my monitor when my boss walked behind me? How did I interact with that person? It's just the great equalizer in that sense. And it lets me not worry about those things and just do good work. It's so well said. Uh, remote, I think, is largely democratizing work in a huge way. I've been asked by talent leaders that suddenly have hundreds or thousands of employees that are all distributed all over the world. What should I do to ensure that the bonds remain, that there are good relationships between them? And it's an interesting question because there are certainly some intentional things you can do. GitLab, we do things like happy hour, social hours. We, we recently did a talent show where we had over 130 people in six continents uh, doing crazy talents on Zoom. And we actually had a panel of judges and prizes were given out. It was very elaborate, very well thought out. So we can do things like that. But just the simple fact of interacting with executives and leaders in their homes and seeing that, oh, oh they're, they're homeschooling kids too. Oh, mm -hmm. their dog actually barks at FedEx as well. It's this yeah. great equalizer to your point where it democratizes things. And I think one of the main things we should get from this is allow ourselves to enjoy that. For so mm -hmm. long, we've, we've put up a face or put on a face. Now we have permission to not do that. Let's just admit that we're humans first, colleagues second. We're kind of all in this together. Yeah. That allows you to spend your mental energy on things that are more important. And it yeah. also allows you to empathize more with each person you interact with, which helps you get work done. I think one of the benefits of this great global pause is it allows people to take a, a personal health check on how tightly they've allowed their own personal identities to be woven into the actual act of going to and from this office, this building. How much have you allowed this building to define who you are? Because the truth is you're more than that. You're more than whatever this building was. You're more than that, that nine to five commute. I love to tell this story, but if you took tally marks and you put them on the front and back of one sheet of paper, that's all you would get before you ran out of weekends in the average human lifespan. That's it. One sheet. Yeah. So if you're allowing your work to define everything, if it's always the first priority and the commute owns everything, you essentially have one sheet of weekends to live for, which sounds like a pretty raw deal to me. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you're an individual contributor, a team leader, an executive, uh, a founder, we're all worth more than that. And you'd mentioned yeah. some things, on, some tips and tricks for, for individuals, but I'm curious what your view on how much of that is, is dependent on the company being supportive of the company creating a non-judgmental culture of the company creating an atmosphere where work can happen asynchronously. So you don't have to be always on synchronously looking at Slack messages. I feel like mm -hmm. you can get a certain amount of this done as an individual. And then kind of the last mile or two, that gate has to be lifted up by a company and a team that is supportive of that. Yeah, I'd say I agree and I disagree. I think it's always helpful when a company that you work for supports an initiative, whether that be a business initiative or a cultural initiative. But at the same time, as, as remote employees, there's a, there's a significant degree of things that we can do. Well, it's typically culturally, right? So let me give you an example. My last job, no one talked about mental health, ever. I was the first person to say I'm taking a mental health day, or I was the first person to put in my Slack status, meditating to address my mental health. That is something you can do as a remote employee that's super simple. And not only does it help improve your culture, it gives cover to everyone who also wants to do that, who also needs to do that. 
at the same time, like I'm incredibly lucky to work for Sprinkler because we have some structural things that we do to help us. So I'll give you some examples. Sprinkler has a, a wellness coach three times a day for 15 minutes at 9 a.m., noon, and 9 p.m. We have a group meditation. So we hop on the line and it's a guided meditation. That's incredibly helpful. During lunch uh, at 12.30 and 5.30, we have coaches who do virtual workouts with us together. And while that is great that Sprinkler does that, and I feel incredibly supported, if you're listening to this and you think, man, like I wish I had that, bro, can you send a calendar invite? Because if you can send a calendar (laughs) invite, just do it. Like if you want to lead a 15-minute guided meditation for your team or a broader department, just do it. Because the chances are someone else needs it too. It's such a great point. In the absence of leadership lead, and I found that a lot of talent leaders right now want their employees to be the change because there's so much going on. They might not know to do something right. like that. And it's as, it can be as simple as sending the calendar invite or starting the Slack channel or just being the impetus. Because to your point, if you're thinking about it, chances are high that other people are looking for similar opportunities. Um, you have a very small space. Give us some advice for anyone that is in a similar situation where they're limited on space, but they want to create that that separation. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I have a very small space. Um, I, I'm a young urban professional. I live in a very small loft, just like you'd imagine. I cook here, I relax here, and I work here. Um, And so you were talking about your stairs, you know, I had one day, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe the week, the week before where I just had a stressful day, right? I had a stressful day. I went on a run outside to differentiate. I came back and I just like, it still wasn't enough to separate. It wasn't. And so what I want to encourage everyone, a lot of people might be thinking like, dude, I work at my, I work at my kitchen counter. I'm working on the couch. Like I'm, I'm just making do with whatever space I have because I don't have a dedicated space. That's fine. But sometimes you have to get creative. So my creativity, because I don't have another space to hang out in, I put a towel over my desk. I put a towel over the monitor because even though I shut my computer and I put it in my backpack so I can't see it, even if I'm just going to take it out of the backpack, backpack tomorrow, I still put it away so I don't look at it. Even just like the computer monitor, the keyboard and the chair, it was too much. It just still wasn't enough to separate. So sometimes you, you just have to get creative and sometimes you just have to put a towel on your desk even if your boyfriend comes over and looks at you like you've finally snapped. I love that. You know, sometimes it's the simplest things. Yeah. Andrew, this has been fascinating man. I loved it. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Darren and to Andrew for sharing their insights and for offering us some great tips on how to create separation, even if you're a little bit tight on space. Click back into the Universal Remote Podcast for more great listens as we get this channel going. If you have any questions, tweet us at GitLab or use the hashtag AllRemote to connect with us online. You can also check out GitLab's Universal Remote web series on YouTube to meet some of our amazing speakers and get a peek into their home offices. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and we'll look forward to beaming back to you soon.